Are you giving off a pleasing aroma or an unholy stench? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. The Holy Spirit living in us will produce fruit, beautiful, sweet-smelling, refreshing fruit. It isn't something we have to work at. It's just our new nature as a planting of the Lord. It's one of the four evidences of the Spirit that Jim is counting with us. Yesterday, we started with being born of the Spirit. We'll complete the list today in the second half of a message called, The People of God Are Spirit Energized. Now, my friend, have you been born again? That doesn't mean that you get religion. That means that you come to that place. Have you had that experience in your life where you said to God, I am a sinner. I am helpless to save myself. Come into my life. Give me the forgiveness that Jesus paid for at the cross when he died in my place. Give me the life that he provided and purchased for me when he rose from the grave. Send your Holy Spirit to live in me. Have you ever had that? If you haven't, then Romans 8 says you're not a child of God. You're not a Christian. Now, now you, may, you may be doing your best. Oh, man, and, and God bless you. You're, you're, you're doing your best to act like, look like, and part of that routine is to be here this morning. Maybe you can carry your Bible. But friend, if you've not been born again, you're as dead as that artificial rose. What you need is the very life of God to come into your being and transform you from the inside out. Now, the second thing that happens when you are born again is that you are then baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you read about that in the Bible. Now, there's God confusion about that today, and I don't want to get over into the confusion. But to be baptized by the Holy Spirit means to be immersed by the Spirit of God into a whole new relationship with God and other believers. That's what it means. It's when God the Spirit plugs you into the body of Christ. And he gives you gifts. Before you're born again, you don't have those gifts. That's what a charismatic is. The word charismatic comes from the word grace in the New Testament, and it means a bit of grace or a grace thing that enables a new believer to function in a new set of relationships within the body of Christ. My finger is different than my eye. It takes a different set of senses, takes a different set of cells, takes a different set of structures. It performs a different function. I don't touch you with my eye. That would be terrible. You know, I don't do that. Neither do I see with my finger. And the Bible's very clear that at the moment you are born of the Spirit of God into the family of God, you're placed in the body of Jesus Christ, and that placing means that you have a new relationship not only with God, but with other believers. That's what the new man is that he's talking about here. And you notice how Paul talks about it. He says, 
Uh, drop down there to verse 10. You have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither uh, Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcision, all of those physical human things are not important anymore. I have a dynamic relationship with all other born-again people. And I have been not just stuck on. I was playing with the grandchildren recently, and there's a game where, 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 you, have, where you put something together, okay? I forget that Ernie or Bernie or what is it? Anyway, it's a game. And you get to choose ears, and you got six different kinds of ears you can use, and, and noses, and eyes, and all this. You, you can make some real interesting, horrible stuff. But if you look on the picture on the, on the, on the uh, box, it'll show you what parts are supposed to go with what parts, okay? Got that? Now, maybe you're an ear. Maybe you're part of a liver. Maybe God wants you to be part of the heart system in the body of Christ. God's going to change you and equip you so that you feel and function that way. We are all different. All of us have different gifts. All of us. And that's why we see things differently. That's why we feel differently about different things. Why? Because God made us as born-again Christians to differ from each other. Why? Because God wants a finger to touch, he doesn't want a whole bunch of eyeballs to see. He wants some eyeballs, and he wants some noses, and his body must be and is designed to be complete in function. See the picture? So, what is your gift? Did you know you got one? At least one. Some more than one. A lot of your frustration and a lot of your angst may be that, that you're, you're a finger trying to see. Or you're a nose trying to taste. That's supposed to. Now, now get the picture. We are all there for what? Dependent upon each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. There's no one sitting under this roof right now who has been born into the family of God through the new birth. No one who is unnecessary. And if you're not functioning, if you're not walking under the control of the Spirit of God, if you're not actively involved and engaged in the body function, friend, you are robbing all of us and you are defecting the body. The body's just like that that, that, that electric line, Bernie. And you are short-circuiting the power and effectiveness of the body. The body is defective because you're not functioning, because you're not involved. You're not just hurt and harming yourself, you're hurt and harming the body. That's what the New Testament teaches. Why? Because we have been baptized, we have been immersed into, we have been dynamically connected with each other. That leads to the third thing. As Christians, we are bonded into the unity of the body. That's what he's talking about here in verse 13. There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all 
and in all or in each. We are bonded together. We're not just stuck together. We're not just a group of people trying to get along. But the Bible speaks about the unity of the Spirit, which is the bond of peace. God not only gifts each of us and carefully places us in the body to function according to our gift and giftednesses, but then the God, the Holy Spirit, creates this, this body, this unity, this interdependence, this getting along with each other, this acceptance of our differences, this passion to help each other. Christ is all. We are all trying to be like him. We are all trying to help each other and encourage each other to be like him. And Christ is in each of us. No matter what our former background may have been, no matter what our formal experience may have been, no matter what our educational level will have been, we're talking about something totally different this morning, something that's radically outside and beyond all of that. I'm talking about the body of Christ. The Spirit of God bonds us. He fuses us together. And there's a symbiosis, I think that's the word. And that that thing that he creates by bringing believers into fellowship with God, coming to dwell inside their lives by God the Holy Spirit, and then putting them together, that which is called the body of Christ is the church. And the church isn't a building. It's, it's that group of people who are called out from the general population and by God's grace and by his Spirit put together and then the Spirit of God superintends and oversees and, if we'll let him, masterminds and leads so that each part contributes to the whole and there is no schism. There is no power outage. But each part functioning fully grows up. One more thing. The Spirit of God also produces fruit. I called it, <laughs> we are blooming by the Spirit. Blooming, that means that his presence within each individual Christian and the body of believers together produces fragrance and fruit. We ought to smell like Jesus. In fact, that's the very thing Paul said in the Corinthian epistle. He said, we are the fragrance of Christ. Now, when you go to the restaurant today, stink up the place. Good. <laughs> Serious. You know, after my comments three weeks ago, one of the dear brothers in the congregation who manages a series of restaurants wrote a lovely email, and he said, oh, pastor, please say that again. He said, the toughest job I have is to staff my restaurants for the church crowd. You don't tip. You don't show appreciation. He said, you don't tip, you don't show appreciation, you're angry, you are expecting ideal service, you're insensitive, and staff, people who work, don't want to have to serve you. Oh, shame on me. Now you think about that. Go out there and stink up the place, smell up the place, let the fragrance of Jesus Christ 
you know, you don't have to do what one preacher did when I was traveling uh, in college as in a, in a quartet, okay? And we went to this place, it's Cheyenne, Wyoming, and the, the pastor and his wife took us out to eat at this lovely restaurant before we had the evening service. And the place was hustling and bustling all around. And we ordered our food, and he <clears throat> cleared his throat, and he said, <clears throat> let us pray for our food. He stood up. <laughs> and before he sat down, I was under the table. I couldn't get there physically. He stood up, and here's what he said. Oh, God, we thank you for the gifts that you give us each day. In spite of those around us who are insensitive and unthankful, we... God is my witness. I could... That's exactly what happened. I thought, this is a stench. This is not the fragrance of Jesus. It's a stench. Don't do that. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is blooming out the graces, blooming out those characteristics in your life and we together in our relationships that mark us as the, as the children of God, that make people say, hmm, that, like, that looks like the kind of thing you'd expect from Jesus. Now, how's it produced? The same Holy Spirit who brings us through the new birth into the family of God, the same Holy Spirit that connects us with other Christians, the same Holy Spirit who gives us, the same Holy Spirit who expresses His presence by bonding us, that same Holy Spirit manifests unique and distinctive qualities. You see them there in 12 through 15. The words in this passage, many of them are the same words that you'll find over in Galatians. Hold your finger here in Colossians and flip back just a couple of pages back past Philippians, past Ephesians, just a couple of pages, back to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And here you read this gift. It says that the fruit of the Spirit. Now it's in contrast. You need to read verse, starting at verse 9. Well, you need to start at verse... Well, actually you, need to st actually, you ought to read the whole book of Galatians. <laughs> actually is what you ought to do. But the contrast there is between the lust of the flesh, that's what man, natural man does, and what a religious person does because he's overpowered by his own humanness, his own sinfulness. But when the Spirit of God comes in, then verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And in verses 19, this is Galatians 5, 19, all the way down through verse 21, talks about the kinds of things you expect from people who have not been indwelt and born again by the Spirit of God. And it closes by saying, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. What things? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. That sounds familiar. We just read about those in Colossians, didn't we? Same thing. Same kind of conduct. But when you come to verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is something a tree or a plant does naturally. It's the expression of the life of the plant. A tomato plant produces tomatoes. An apple tree produces apples. A human couple produce babies. Not elephants, babies. That's the fruit. That's the, that's the evidence. That's the mark. That's the 
That's the manifestation. That's the result of this life that is within us. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. All of those qualities are the same qualities that we found back in Colossians chapter, uh, uh, chapter 3. They're wonderful qualities. Gentleness, self-control. Don't ever say, as a confessing Christian, I couldn't help myself. What you're saying is, I'm not led of the Spirit. I'm under my self-control. I'm under my selfish old nature. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't control myself. First, one of the first things the Spirit of God gives to the child of God is the ability to control themselves, to actually, for the first time in your life, choose not to do something and be supernaturally enabled to not do it. It's amazing. Now, look at verse 23 here in Galatians 5. Against such things there is no law. I should say so. These are the things that we look for in human conduct. These are the things we desire in the judge. These are the things we hope is operating in the heart and life of the officer who stops us when we're speeding. These are the things you long for in your mate. These are the qualities kids long to see in their parents. These are the things parents who are smart long to see in the lives of their children. There's no law against these things. These are wonderful human qualities. These are the things you see in Jesus Christ. How are they produced in me? By the Spirit of God. So we must be controlled by the Spirit of God obedient to the Spirit of God so that the Spirit of God can express His life, the life of God in us, and thus the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics that mark the life of God are evident in us individually and collectively. Now, in this series of messages, we're trying, we're trying to understand what does God expect of us? And this morning, I hope it's clear that God within us and people around us expect to see God-like behavior between us and out from us. And they will note it not only in the things we don't do, we don't involve ourselves in uncleanness, fornication, idolatry, anger, all of those things. That's not what marks our lives. But by the power of the Spirit of God, we are known for our love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, self-control. Wow. May it be so. That's not going to happen because you work harder. It's only going to happen as we hear and obey the Spirit of God. And that leads us to next week's message. How do we know how to walk in the Spirit? How do we recognize the Spirit of God's voice among the cacophony of sounds and impressions that are sent to us? Stay tuned. Same time, same place, next week, Lord willing, if we're not in heaven. Listen to this prayer. Hover, hover o'er me, 
Holy Spirit, bathe my trembling heart and brow. Fill me with your hallowed presence. Come, oh come, and fill me now. Thou canst fill me, gracious Spirit, though I cannot tell thee how, but I need thee, greatly need thee. Come, oh come, and fill me now. I am weakness, full of weakness. At thy sacred feet I bow. Blessed, divine, eternal spirit, fill with power and fill me now. Cleanse and comfort. Bless and save me. Bathe, oh, bathe my heart and brow. Thou art comforting and saving. Thou art sweetly filling now. Fill me now. Fill me now. Jesus, come and fill me now. Fill me with your hallowed presence. Come, oh, come and fill me now. As Dr. Graham said years ago, going to church doesn't make me a Christian any more than going to the barn makes me a horse. We really need to be born again. And your spirit, God the Holy Spirit, is the one who does that. And we need to walk under his control. We need to be obedient to him. We need to be sensitive to all that he would produce within us. Oh, Father, fill us. Take control of us by your Spirit. Lest we be like those 50 million customers who, because they had no electricity, could not function. Please make us the people of God. And from our lives and from our service, may we fragrance the world around us with the aroma of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we focus only on things we shouldn't do as Christians, we'll miss at least half of our assignment. We find in the Bible that God is looking for godly offspring, a harvest, produce, fruit, and we won't be able to give him any of that fruit by our own effort. Yesterday and today, Pastor Jim has asked us to consider that the people of God are spirit energized. If you'd like to get the whole message on CD, we'll send it to you for a gift of $7 or more. It's one-seventeenth of our series, The People of God. We're offering the full CD album for your donation of $59 or more. Please remember to pray for Right Start Ministries and to give financially if the Lord should lead. Summer brings all kinds of distractions and disruptions to our routines, and that can lead to a slowdown in funds coming in, revenues, even as our expenses continue unabated or increase. Many thanks to all our partners. If you'd like to help, please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA or call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. 
The website is rightstartradio.org. When you land on that homepage, you'll have access to a vast library of radio programs, or you can play or even download the complete sermons. And you can join the growing army of podcast subscribers. That happens on iTunes, but we'll help you get it set up if you'll meet with us at rightstartradio.org. You can click to donate, too. rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Jim will show us another defining characteristic of the people of God on tomorrow's broadcast. Please join us on Tuesday for the next Right Start. Thank you.